0: to the bath rugby plug the podcast by the fans for the fans plugging the boys in blue black and white it's another week and uh, another episode boys episode number 19 um it's incredible really uh but you know we've still got any listeners uh, at episode number 19 but um yeah we carry on um and yeah i'm here in the great city of bath uh, in a room filled with bath fans uh well, it's just you and me, really, isn't it, Charlie? Uh, how you doing, mate? You yeah, right?
1: it is. Uh, Gabriel, your voice has changed somewhat, I must say.
0: <laughs> uh. um, no, and uh, Gabriel, uh, the grumpy old man himself, uh, down the line. How are you doing? How's the, uh, how's, the, how's the blood pressure after Saturday?
2: Yeah, it's just about calmed down, mate. Um, uh, I watched the game back this afternoon and it was uh, slightly easier to watch second time round, but um, yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, lots to talk about this week.
0: Yeah, you must have uh, spent most of the afternoon watching that. It was uh, an incredible game, uh, ninety-seven uh, minute long game, um, and yeah, as 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 it is often with uh, being a Bath rugby fan, it's an emotional roller coaster. Uh, one of the strangest games of rugby, um, game of two halves. Charlie, uh, what did you what did you make of it? oh uh, it was. It certainly was a game of two halves, as you say, Tom.
1: I've I've not really felt. Uh, so many emotions in one game of rugby in my lifetime that first half obviously we came out the blocks uh looked very good um the it was it was was our game really you know we went into halftime 19-3 up and then somehow we managed to lose the game from that position uh yeah you gotta you gotta credit Worcester they put up a very good performance in the second half and uh, uh I'm sure you boys are waiting for it but
0: that is a perfect example of a game of two hours, isn't it? <laughs> well, should we, just before I come to you, G, should we just recap sort of, I guess, a timeline of what happened in that last, well, in the last 15 minutes that were on the clock, but in the last sort of half an hour of play. So uh, 63 minutes, uh, the red card for, for Ross Batty for the for the neck roll. Any any sort of complaints about a red card Red card for that, G?
2: Well, I, I think I kind of accept that that is where we are um that is where we are with, with this uh, thing at the moment. Uh, I ju- the one thing I, I, I did have a slight issue with, um, with, with with the way Ian Tempest kind of um, kind of rationalised the decision in his mind and the reasons he gave for it, and, and he said that he, he was driven into the ground uh, and that it was a, a prolonged action, and I, I think it's always going to look like a, a prolonged action uh, if, if you're watching it in slow motion. So I, I think on that part it, it was slightly disappointing, but... Um, I accept that, that that is probably where we are and, and the players need to need to learn to adjust um, to, to the fact that, that that is what the laws are uh, even though perhaps I and and many other people I know uh, feel that that, that that slightly shouldn't be the way that the laws are
1: um yeah I, I, I can see a point but I do feel that he, he, he has he has got he has got a point to be made there he comes into the ruck, he grabs his neck uh, he drives him back you know, with his arm, with it, with his arms wrapped around his head, uh, steps over the over the rock, then pulls him down to the ground, dragging his head into the floor. And I do feel like that was on you know, this day and age, you, you, that is a red card. And I, I say this day and age, but it's been this day and age for quite a while now. And I, I think people are being a bit nostalgic about the way the game used to be played. You know, it's 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 the way it's the way it's refereed. We've seen. Red cards for probably less, I'd say, but uh, I, I think I think that that's 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 fair enough to be honest.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah to be fair, I think I think you're absolutely right. Sorry, Tom, I think you are absolutely right, Charlie. I think that is the way that the game has been refereed for a while, I, and I think based on that, it probably is a red card. Just. Just quickly, uh, it's not perhaps the way the game's being being refereed at the at the lower levels, as as we saw on on in our game on Saturday. A few uh, decisions, um, which which with a the TMO, there may have been uh, eleven against eleven uh, in our, our old students game on Saturday. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think you are spot on, mate. You yeah. didn't you didn't fall Sorry out with uh, did you,
0: you know? didn't fall out with the referee, did you, G?
2: No, I was on on oh, my best behaviour on Saturday,
1: but um, Charlie was uh, Charlie almost saw the the red mist <laughs> I I perhaps did, but let's let's not talk about the game <laughs> on Saturday.
0: Uh, I I
1: wasn't the yeah. most was most proud of my performance, but anyway.
0: Anyway, yeah, so I, I think I'm with Charlie on there, and you know, if uh, with that beard as well, if Ross Ross Batty is looking for a a career in the WWE, then uh, I think uh, he's definitely uh, definitely showing showing some moves there with that uh, with, with that neck roll. Um, so just just what move. His, just, uh,
2: what would be his nickname in the WWE? Do you reckon, Ross Batty?
0: The Caveman. The beard to be the beard to be feared. <laughs> the beard to be feared. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get me. You'll, you'll get me going down Christmas oh, names no, again. No, no that's, that's not, not an avenue. Not, dude, that's, that's not. A, that's an avenue a, we want to go down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not. I'm not doing very well. <laughs> this time. I'm not doing very well. This timeline, boys. We're only at 63 <laughs> minutes. So let me let me crack on with this. 66.25. Worcester then got the penalty and pulled back to 1914. Obviously within losing bonus point territory. And then on 83 minutes 44 was the first yellow card for Bath, which was for Max Laheef, which wasn't actually um, at the scrum. And for me, this was the most frustrating one because we just got out of a situation where we were losing scrum penalty after scrum penalty after scrum penalty. And then Max Laheef, who is our tight head and who we need in those scrum situations, just goes over the, uh, over the top of the ruck and kills the ball. Do we think that was a sort of a fair yellow card, boys, given particularly the fact that we'd given away all those penalties in the red zone prior to that?
1: Um, Well, it's it's, it's probably a fair penalty, but it just seems a bit brainless from Lahith. You know, we've managed to survive that scrum that looked inevitably like a penalty try. And then we've got the ball out. It's in the loose. It's 15 against 14. We can easily... That's that's easily defendable. Um, All it takes is one mistake from Worcester, and we've won the game. Uh, But instead... He's he's, he's 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 killed the ball. It, it it did seem a bit soft. You know, I think Ian Tempest was was perhaps looking for a reason slightly to give a penalty away. Uh, I'm 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 not. I think that's perfectly fair from the referee. We've given away a lot of a lot of penalties, and we, we were completely under the pressure. But it 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 just seems. Pointless, really,
0: yeah. And, and as I say, I don't think it was yellow card in itself, but it's just that, as we said, mm. accumulation. Yeah, yeah, accumulation of, uh, of it of, in, of penalties in the red zone. In, um, exactly. You know, it's kind of a team t- team sort of yellow card there, I think. And just 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 moving on slightly before you you come in G. So a tight head obviously gets yellow carded. Worcester inevitably um, call the five meter scrum, and then following on from that, we had on eighty seven minutes twenty one the yellow card for for Lucas Nogueira. Um I think Ian Tempest have been quite clear. Um, that we were back on our scrum warning. He, he sort of warned Will Chudley before that scrum. naguerra clearly um, went to ground there, so I don't think we can have too many complaints about that. That yellow card, can we? Can we, boys? No, no. Uh, really. Scrum penalty. That, that's your area of expertise,
2: mate. Not mine.
0: Yeah, and this is the point I was going to bring up more generally on the scrum penalty. So there's two types of scrum penalties that I guess I guess can be given away, and that's sort of for a for an offence. So you know, uh, binding um, on the arm or, or dropping to the floor, and then there's sort of this penalty that no one really knows what it's for and it's kind of when the referee rewards one team for having dominance over over the other team um and yeah I think that's basically what Ian Tempest was doing and it was almost this narrative where we've given away one penalty he had in his mind that he wanted to penalise us and then everything we sort of did at the scrum was was a penalty I actually didn't think I thought the guys actually acquitted themselves quite well at the scrum um you know despite only having only uh, six players what do you think G?
2: Yeah, I think like there is an unwritten rule in rugby that um getting pushed back in the scrum and and and, and uh, being on the back foot is a penalty offence even if it isn't in the laws. I think the referees just just automatically um as you say Tom give a penalty even if perhaps they've not lost their bind, they haven't bought in um or they have they haven't uh, gone to floor. Um, I think uh. The referee, uh, if he sees a scrum on the back foot, especially at the end of the game, um, is always looking to to give a penalty. So I think there is an unwritten law, even if it's not in the law book, which perhaps shouldn't be the case.
1: Yeah, I don't. I I would I would agree with with, uh, with both of you. But then that again, when you are sending a team back at a rate of knots, and they are likely to, you. Know, Commit an infringement in order to stop them being the stop stop themselves being driven back. Whether that is popping up, whether that's uh, pulling the other uh, pulling the opposition uh, to the ground, or you know you know even you know it's it's not my area, but it, you know there's 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 definitely definitely a lot of sounds like it is, mate. Oh, it sounds like it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. oh, no, well, much well,
0: much better in the in the twelve shirt uh, <laughs> making tackles on the game uh, like Charlie. Uh, of course, of course, but um. Well, <laughs>
2: weren't many of those tackles on the game line on Saturday. Right, let's
0: move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So then I guess just just finally then the uh, the the next yellow card um, on 94 minutes 50. Absolutely ridiculous uh, timeline. This it was the yellow card for Alan Brew. Charlie, we've just had a closer look at this one. It's just out of shot, but um, he's offside there, isn't he? That's the yellow card. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, uh, it, it it seems convenient that there wasn't um, a wider angle uh, to, to to view that properly. Uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, Worcester seemed to have six ways. Just seem to have turned off a couple of their cameras uh, to make sure that they that couldn't be seen from the wider view. I, I think I think it. it it might have been close, but um, no, it, it, it. He probably was offside. It was a good here, and I think because it disrupted the game uh, and what could have been, you know, could have perhaps been a try. I think we're lucky that there wasn't a penalty try yeah. given there. To be yeah. honest, uh, I'm not sure Dave Atwood, uh, despite his uh, his infamous pace, uh, would have got across to cover that uh, to co- cover that tackle with about three men outside of Brew. But uh, yeah, it, it, again. It's in the five meter in the five meter channel. We had just had a yellow card, but uh, Ian Tempest was uh, was he was happy to go to his pocket any occasion, really.
0: Yeah, and I, I I I think the point you made there, like I, if I'm a Worcester fan, I'm thinking why there's repeated penalties. I think there were seven penalties after eighty minutes, all of which were in the in the bath twenty-two. So why G is there not a penalty try coming out of that then?
2: Well, oh, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with Charlie. I think we were lucky not to, to get a penalty try uh, for the Brew tackle. Um, and and I, I do think that perhaps there could have been a penalty try uh, for, for the scrums as well. But I'm not sure whether you have to be uh, actually going forward in, in, in the scrum uh, and about to score a try for a penalty try to be awarded um, and whether just collapsing the scrum. Um, you, can't, you can't therefore uh, suggest that from the collapsed scrum, um, that there, there would have been a, a, a try scored. I think that's the reason um, that, that we. I mean, I think we saw it before in a Bath game a few years ago, where, where there was a refusal to give a penalty try because the scrum wasn't actually moving forward; it was just collapsing on the spot, and, and therefore you you can't uh, give a yellow, give a penalty try. Sorry, but I think for the Alibru one, uh, we were lucky not to not to have a penalty try against us, which obviously no conversion. Um, would, would have been would have been better on Worcester's front, even though they did get the conversion in the end.
0: But equally though, do we look at another game this season, which is probably closest to, to the Worcester game, and that was uh, Bristol-Exeter. Not in the week just gone, but earlier in the season. And, you know, same sort of thing, 86 minutes on the clock, Exeter having scrum dominance, and, you know, ultimately the penalty try was given after three infringes at the scrum. So, I, I think, I, I you know, I probably disagree with you. I have seen penalties, sorry, penalty tries just given... Um, off the back of just repeated scrum dominance right by the line in the red zone. Could you what's say
2: wasn't that, that a maul? Sorry, Charlie. but Wasn't that a maul that they pushed over the line?
0: I'm I'm pretty sure it was a scrum. M- m- Maybe wrong there, but
2: uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Would we'll agree to
1: disagree. Yeah. Well, I, I, the point I was going to make was: Do you think it could have perhaps been you know, the reason that uh, that the ref wanted it was was was, was penalising us perhaps so heavily, giving us away so many yellow cards? Uh, was because he was almost out of out, it. Was, it was obviously a big decision to be made to give a penalty a try. It would have won them the game. Do you think perhaps that's why he was so happy to go to his pocket?
0: Tom? Well, I was just <laughs> going to say, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was almost, it almost got a bit embarrassing and a bit sort of humiliating. I think um, Ian Tempest should have given the penalty try, certainly after the Aleb Brew um, offside but but probably before to be honest I think it, it was inevitable it was always coming and if they hadn't have got the try you know on the you know 97 minutes into the game um, I think they would have been feeling feeling pretty aggrieved. but I guess what I wanted to get from this whole discussion and we should we should move on from talking about um, sort of refereeing decisions is did you boys think that any of the decisions um, that Ian Tempest made were unfair um, on Bath and and sort of materially change the outcome of the match? Or do you think it was more, you know, Bath's poor performance, you know, our own fault in the second half? What do you think about that, G? Well,
2: I think, no. I don't think any of the decisions that um, Ian Tempest made necessarily affected us losing the game. The only thing, and I, I'm sure we'll, we'll look to come on to it, maybe now is a good time, but about about the, the, the guys being allowed back on uh, that have been yellow card, you know, once the 80 minutes to, to Lahith and Naguera, I'm talking about here, and then the 10 minutes... Had elapsed, um, even though we were still uh, in the kind of in, when the clock is the re- it, it was in the red, and I'm not sure whether um, those guys should have been allowed back on. I think that's a really interesting talking point because I, I don't know uh, whether there's a difference between uh, the clock that the referee has and the official match clock uh, and the TV clock because obviously the TV clock was was allowed to to keep on running, um, whereas I, I was I'm not sure uh, whether there's an official clock which, which was being stopped because it appeared to me. Um, that, that Ian Tempest had, had, he, had just neglected to, to stay time off and to stop the clock, probably because he couldn't even imagine uh, a situation where where Lahifa and Negara would be able to come back on. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have any uh, any thoughts on on the guys, because obviously it would have been a lot easier for us to, to defend that last try uh, with thirteen men on the pitch uh, as opposed to the eleven we had at the time.
1: Even twelve. You know, I'm, I'm I'm with you, Gabriel. I think there is obviously. A big talking point, and uh, for those of you on Twitter, it was it was a very hot topic just uh, shortly after the game. Um, so obviously, Lahif was sent off uh, in in the eighty fourth minute. So the time on the clock was eighty three minutes something, and uh, obviously the final try was scored. I think in the 89th minute, I believe That's it was ninety seven, right? the ninety seventh minute. Yeah. Okay, uh, so there, there there was if if you're going by the 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 clock that was on the tv obviously he should have been allowed back on and you're completely right gabriel where does this come into play was Ian tempest uh, stopping his own personal clock but that didn't transfer to us watching the game uh, or really he, he it it should have it should have been it, it should have been stopped so we haven't we're not having this uh, this talking point but the question is is yes there were lots of scrums lots of reset scrums there were some substitutions but does that affect if there was if there was a yellow card given in the twelfth minute, for example, uh, and there was a scrum, uh, would the clock be stopped then? No, it probably wouldn't. If there was a substitution, you'd probably let the clock run for for those ten seconds that it, the substitution is being made. So, if he hasn't stopped the clock or he's just neglected that, thinking this would never happen, that is poor refereeing in my decision, in my, in my opinion. So.
0: Yeah, in, in terms of what the referees actually said to uh, the Bath coaches at the time, apparently they were told just prior to the Worcester try that there were still four minutes on the Max Heath simbin so if we're looking at that. There's so that's there's twelve minutes between the Max Laheef Simbin and the try, and so if there are four minutes um, sort of left on the Simbin. That means there've been six minutes sort of where the clock's been sort of still going, so to speak, and then eight minutes where the clock's been stopped, which is conceivable given all the you know the breaks between scrums and the and the yellow cards that that was. Gonji, go last point, but I am I am keen to to get off this topic a bit and talk about the rest of the game. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry, just just last thing. I think you're absolutely right. I think watching it back. Um, I, I, I don't think that there was ten minutes of actual play there because Henry Thomas goes down with an injury and and their their, uh, their tight head their loose head goes down with an injury as well for for what, what appears to be four minutes when the clock is still running yeah. so I don't think that there was ten minutes of play um, ten minutes of play happened live play happened where the clock should have been running but what I would just say is I think it needs to be clearer uh, and it needs to because j- j- otherwise this just eliminate this talking point. Um, and, and, and now that it hasn't been made clear on, on the day, perhaps it would be really nice for, for someone like Tony Spreadbury obviously the, the head of refereeing yeah. to come out now and just explain to everybody that you know even though the clock was running, uh, there wasn't 10 minutes of play between the Lahif simbinning and the end of the game and, and that completely just just, just stamps this, this, this whole talking point out so I think that would be really nice but I think you're absolutely right Tom uh, let, let's move on from this uh, and at the end of the day Bath's performance j- just wasn't good enough over the whole 100 minutes
0: yeah c- c- yeah <laughs> how, often, how often do just say that it's usually just the the full 80 that we fail to put in but um but yeah so so looking at the rest of the game then so you know aside from aside from that sort of last half an hour what what went wrong then so such a such a dominant composed performance 19 points to three up um at half time what happened what who who put sleeping pills in the in the halftime oranges what went wrong um after half time what was the difference gee what, what did you think
2: well, I think what, what did go wrong, um, certainly from the, the 63rd minute, uh, was the red card. Um, uh, uh, obviously, and not, not just the red card as well. I think our, our discipline uh, really um, really really let us down in the second half. It allowed them to, to gain both both points, obviously, uh, and field position. Whereas in the first half, uh, I'm sure you have the stats to hand, uh, Tom. But I believe in the first half, we only uh, concede, conceded one penalty. Um and, and we conceded, uh, you know, we conceded eight penalties after the, the clock had gone red uh, in the 80 minutes. So I think that that really uh, let us down. Uh, and that allowed Worcester back into the game after, as you say, what was a really uh, impressive first half performance from Bath.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it was discipline. Just to, just to correct you there quickly. it was, so it was five penalties um, in the first oh. half that we conceded against Worcester's six. And then it was 14 penalties in the second half. And Worcester only conceded one penalty um, in the second forty or sixty or whatever, where we're calling it, but apart from apart from the discipline, Charlie, what did you what did you see as sort of the main um, problem going into the second half? Um, I'm not sure it was so much a problem because I I actually think that
1: our defence was very good throughout the entire game, even when we were down to you know 11, 12, 13 men, we were still stopping them uh, five meters out from our own try line, and I think man for man, our defence was fantastic. Uh, our tackle, our tackle success was, was very good. You know, it's it was up to eighty eight percent. So uh, uh, that's that's very good you know, in comparison to weeks gone by. It's something I've been tracking over over recent weeks. But uh, I think the Worcester, the Worcester attack just just seems to have. Uh, I think it was more Worcester actually coming out of the blocks. Uh, you know, as you've said, coupled with our poor discipline. Uh, it was a slight recipe for disaster, but we seem to have just uh, just switched off slightly at time and we, 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 we didn't have that same uh, attacking intent when we came out after after the half time break.
2: Yeah I think as well it's not just uh, a poor performance in the second half, obviously a poor performance in the first half, but also perhaps not being uh, as far ahead as we should have been after what was such a good first half. You know, I, I look at that James Wilson uh, break, for example, and, and, and I know it led to, to the Mercer tries soon after. But just taking our chances like that, and I think, as you say, Tom, we were so so good in that in that first half. I think you put out that ill fated tweet uh, yeah. about the the powerful, disciplined, and I can't remember what the third one. was.
0: composure. Um, how but, how that, that went out the window pretty quickly, didn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly. So I think more not just um, us letting ourselves down in the second half, also you know not not killing the game and yeah whilst 19-3 is a good lead, it, we could have we could have been out of sight and absolutely killed the game in the first half. We, we, and not even how bad our second half performance was. They wouldn't have had a chance getting back into the game. Yeah,
0: gee, I, I completely agree with you. And I was going to bring up sort of, you know, the, the same point. We spoke about it last week against Leicester, um, not putting the game to bed at half-time when we have such dominance. And I look at the um, Fatia Lofa, uh yellow card in the first half for the shoulder charge on, on Tom Ellis. And, you know, that's 10 minutes where we've got dominance. We need to... You know, their second row is off the pitch for 10 minutes. We need to try and establish our dominance there. And that was 3-3, three, three, three points to three during that 10 minutes. Fatih for then came back on, and uh, Tom Ellis then had to go off with an injury. So actually, Worcester came probably out of that sim bin better um, than we did, which is, uh, yeah, obviously obviously fairly perverse. But, um, yeah, I think, I, for me, the main difference going to the second half was just that potency and attack. We looked like we ran out of ideas. There were times in the first half when we were starting to see Our attack coming together. Burns that like he had control on the ball. I thought the kicking game in the first half was really good. Burns and Wilson both kicked to corners really well with these sort of low flighted kicks um, that sort of skidded along the uh, artificial surface and gave us really good, uh, really good field position. So I thought an element of that was lost, um, lost in the second half. I thought Will Chudley again was really composed in the first half. He he calmed everyone down. Um, I thought that there was one instance when Cooper Vuno got the ball on sort of a 22 off a penalty and for all money was going to go for the, uh, the quick tap and go and, and, and go himself and uh, <laughs> Will Chudley grabbed him, grabbed the ball off him and just said calm down and I thought, you know, that's why I tweeted sort of the, the composure because I thought we, we look really good but um, yeah, how wrong I was sort of sort of going into the, into the second half and um, yeah, I guess... It's just one of those where you think the game's out of sight, but um, you never know with Bath Rugby. We are we are the world champions in throwing away a uh, uh, good positions, aren't we? Yeah, you're completely right, Tom.
2: Yeah, we certainly are. And one thing I will say, uh, and this is perhaps not uh, just the second half, but one thing I, I will add, and perhaps where our performance, um, w- w- why we didn't get the victory, was um, I don't know what you guys thought of the breakdown battle. I think we perhaps uh, we perhaps missed Sam Underhill and that tandem that he's been. Um, uh, working with, with Francois Lowe uh, Lowe certainly didn't have uh, his best game he's been on, on fire in recent weeks and I don't think he had his best game and I think you know without the pair of those obviously underhill not there and lowe not not performing as as he has done I think we, we didn't win the breakdown battle as we have done it in previous weeks which I think in previous weeks has been been pivotal uh, in our success uh, and our, and our defense uh, being so stingent uh, stringent, stringent? String, stingy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think think that's a good point. Saying that though, I do, you know, coming on to positives, um, I guess a little bit, and you know, there were positives because we did play uh, at least half of the game. You know, we were we were on top and we were dominant, and it's something that I've mentioned, you know, for a few weeks now. And I, d- I don't know what you boys thought, but for me, Zach Mercer again was the standout in attack. He often is when he when he starts, and uh, this is an interesting uh, stat for you boys. So, um, you know, we, we speak about metres gained and how often it's not necessarily reflective of, of you know, how a player plays, um, you know, and how successful they are in attack. But over the game, Zach Mercer had over seven times as many metres as the rest of the other seven starting bar forwards. <laughs> seven wow. times as many metres as the rest of the seven forwards who are starting. And, and, you know, 23 carries, the rest of the pack between them. How many How many did you think?
1: Um. Well, I have just seen it, so I'm not going to say. But uh. so 20, 20,
0: 22 carries for Mercer, 23 yeah. for the rest of the pack, and uh, I thought Mercer was outstanding um, in attack, and obviously showed that power um, to score the try as well as the the footwork that. That that we, that we you know we know he has so um, for me that was a real positive but I do agree with you obviously he doesn't quite bring the same malice at the at the breakdown that that Sam Underhill does. No,
1: that's true. We 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 perhaps did miss Underhill slightly at the breakdown uh, and his you know his, his work around the park and I think that's why we did choose to take um, Zat Mercer off at, off at the end there when we did one of those yellow cards. Yeah. Uh it was, it was because you know, if we were gonna if we were gonna you know prevent. Worcester winning that winning that game, it was going to be from a turnover or or you know in in defence, which Zach Mercer isn't isn't it's not the strongest
0: part of his game so to speak. Do you have anything else you wanna you wanna raise on the on the Worcester game?
2: Yeah, I think um, as well just a, a quick mention to to Freddie Burns who kicked nicely. Um, and, and the positive, uh, the main positive I, I got from the game was obviously last week we um, we were crying out for a bonus point. Well, you know, careful what you wish for, lads.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. we, well, we got that bonus point, didn't we?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Not the one yeah. we were after. <laughs> right? Yeah. Very true. Anyway, I think uh, I think that's enough of that, boys. It was a, it was an emotional day. Um, I think I've I've probably just about recovered from it, but um, but yeah.
2: Just quickly, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, just gone. Before we move on. Um, Presumably, we'll, we'll get uh, there'll be an article coming through soon that uh, Bruce Craig will want to replay this one as well after the the instant probably the two <laughs> home game.
0: Steady on.
2: <laughs>
0: you <laughs> never know, <laughs> He might be. He might. He might be listening. Yeah. However unlikely you think it is. If um, you are
2: listening, Bruce, then I uh, uh, hope you had a great Christmas, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess just uh, just moving on then. Um, Maybe to some other news, um, and so you know another Bath team, uh, a team we've spoken about before. Um, Bath under-18s have been going really well. Um, they played uh, Gloucester under-18s at, at Hartbury on Saturday. Um, they were down 15-5. You all right there, G? Bit of a uh, bit of rustling there. Everything all right? Yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm just uh, turning on. over
2: my sheet of paper uh, okay.
0: to reveal my so your, notes about your, your Bath under-18. Under Fair enough. Yeah, 15-5 <laughs> down at half time. Um, they came back in the second half. Uh, they scored in the last minute. Um, ironically, after a series of of scrum penalties um, and a yellow card uh, on the Gloucester under-18 line, um, they then scored but it was out in the corner and narrowly missed the conversion um, mm. to lose 23-22 to the unbeaten Gloucester side. So um, very disappointing but uh, another very promising uh, performance from, uh, from Bath under-18 and uh, special mention, I think boys, to uh, fly half Tom de Glanville who... Um, he missed uh, the kick. <laughs> no, he didn't actually. He didn't. He, did okay. uh-huh. he didn't miss the kick. he didn't miss the kick. But he was named um, in the uh, England Under Twenty Elite Squad alongside some uh, some very good players, and um, yeah, great to see sort of him involved in the Six Nations um, coming up for the Under Twenties, as well as the sort of the World Rugby Under Twenty Championship, which is. Uh, which is in Argentina later this year. So um yeah, great news uh for Tom and uh, hopefully we'll see him in a first 15 shirt uh, soon boys.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's 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 great to have these boys getting the proper exposure that that they deserve um at the you know under, under 20 level. Um and uh, and you know with there's the likes of you know, there's many of them to pick but there's Zach Mercer and the name, the, the list goes on uh, all <laughs> across the country um of of players who who've played in these in, in these under under 20 uh, in his under-20 competitions, have gone on to receive you know, full England honours. So hopefully uh, he'll be one of those guys who can come through, break into the into the Bath senior squad and uh, and uh, show us all the talent that he's got.
0: It'll be uh, Andre Pollard's uh, understudy next season, maybe. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Go on, just dude. quickly on that squad. Yeah.
2: You, you mentioned it slightly, Tom, but um, like a ridiculously strong squad that we've picked. Uh, you know, Ted Hill, obviously... Played against us for Worcester um, and has featured for England uh, in in the autumn. And, and Tom De Glanville will be fighting for that uh, number ten shirt with, with Magic Marcus Smith. Yeah. So I think a ridiculous squad and brilliant for, for, for Tom to, to be able to learn from these guys. You know, Marcus Smith has got so much experience at Premiership level and and, and in England camps now that if he can just learn off him um, and, and, and even the coaches. You know James Scatesbrook, who's been linked with with a, a return to Bath in a defensive capacity. <laughs> loosely linked, he's on he's on the uh, yeah loosely linked. He's been uh, he's on the coaching staff, so so a really good opportunity for um, for Deglanbu. And yeah, as you say, hopefully um, you know with Reese Priest and obviously off off in the summer well out of contract in the summer um, yeah hopefully Tom will Tom De Glandle will, will start to um, develop into a into a really promising player uh, and feature in the the squad next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then yeah just onto the other the other half backs. Um, this is one for for you G. I don't know if you saw this but uh, Will Chudley, Captain Chudley was uh, nominated uh, for Premiership player of the month for December um, alongside uh, two other uh, world-class scrum halves in the premiership in Pfaff uh, de Klerk and, and Jacobus Reinach so uh, what do you make of that G does he uh, does he deserve to uh, t- to win that award England call up soon surely
2: yeah I'm willing to admit that I was perhaps slightly wrong about uh, Will Chadley when we signed him at the start of the season I was reasonably critical um, and what I've been most <coughs> impressed with by him whilst his scrum half play has been obviously really good uh, and his control I think what I've been most impressed with him and uh, I didn't see it before he, he joined Bath probably because he, he didn't have the opportunity to show it at Exeter. But I've been really impressed with, with his leadership, obviously been made captain. And you mentioned him, him earlier, Tom, in terms of his composure. And that is something that, that certainly Bath squads of the past have lacked, whereas extra squads of the past certainly haven't lacked that, that sort of composure, especially close to the line, but also at, at the end of games. Uh, and whilst we didn't see it on this occasion uh, with us losing at the death, uh, I have been impressed with, with that side of his game um, perhaps more so than, than the way he he he's played you know the position
0: well it seems like the uh, the lines a bit crackly there with uh, hearing that from you G. I can't can't quite believe it after uh, after what you were saying at the start of the season but um no things things can change and uh, yeah I think I think Charlie's been great I think uh, yeah yeah I was going to say I think it's it's
1: it's completely uh, completely deserved he's been he's been one of the the, the the cornerstones in our attack and uh, as you say Tom has been very composed uh, a cool wise head um, in
0: uh, in terms of leadership so yeah well deserved yeah and uh, yeah talking of scrum halves um, another scrum half in the squad so uh, the club announced on Wednesday that um, Darren Allenson uh, was to leave the, leave the club with immediate effect um, yeah so he joined in London Irish um, in 2017 and made uh, 15 appearances but uh, yeah looking at the statement I think he was sort of frustrated that he wasn't getting much much game time with obviously given how competitive a position that is at is at the club. But um, yeah, we wish him we wish him all the best with his with with his future. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, just one one final well story maybe not story one final rumor um, that's been going round and it's something we've spoken about a bit on the podcast um, about all the players that are out of contract and uh, yeah, it's been reported um, this week in the rugby paper that uh, Jonathan Joseph um, is in talks with Northampton Saints um to to sign next season um previously bristol's been mentioned but it it is clear that um obviously and and unsurprisingly a number of clubs are are interested in joseph um what, what do you what do you make of that charlie
1: yeah well obviously it'd be sad to see him go but it looks like that's gonna have to be the case uh salary cap needs to be uh opened up somewhere and so we're gonna have to let go of some of these uh some of these top marquee well not marquee players but some of these top players and so uh if he is sent on his way, then we've 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 seen some of the talent we have got coming through in the centres. We have got two new centres signed, so it does look like that might be the case. Um, but uh, we, we'll we'll just have to draw on our squad from uh, other 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 areas, won't we? Really?
0: Yeah, I think so. And obviously, we can't, as we said, we can't keep everyone. Um, you know, we t- we tweeted about this actually. Um that's at Bath Rubby Plug um if you don't follow us already. And there was there was a lot of reaction um to this sort of from our listeners. Um most of which actually was to say, you know, Jonathan Joseph's a very expensive player. There's rumoured of him being on between three and four hundred uh, grand a year. Um he is an international, which means he obviously takes, you know, extended periods of time away from away from the wreck. Um and, you know, in a time when the salary cap is increasingly tight, does he still represent value? Do, do you still think um, we get value out of Jonathan Joseph for for, for for that.
2: Not necessarily value, I wouldn't say. But what I will say is, I think people are are in danger here of having quite short term memories. I think whilst obviously Joseph's been out for quite a long time now, uh, and 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 then perhaps the season where before his injury, uh, maybe wasn't at the top of his game. Prior to that, he was he he has been a really really good player for Bath and for England. And I think perhaps people are sort of remembering um, the last 18 months or so and thinking, well, you know, he, he doesn't represent value for money, whilst perhaps even at his old level he doesn't represent value for money, at that sort of money. I think um, just saying, oh, well, we don't necessarily need Jonathan Joseph, whilst I accept we may not be able to keep him, I think it's important to remember just how good a player he can be and that he has been in, in not too uh, not too distant a past, guys.
0: Yeah, d- definitely agree with that. And, you know, he's not a British and Irish Lions, you know, multiple caps for England... Um, for nothing and it'll be very interesting to see you know um repeatedly we've been told that he's going to be back next week and next week it'll be good to see um how he comes on when how he fits into this uh this this sort of new uh bath back because it is it is you know it, it is it's a new look back line isn't it charlie
1: yes it, it, it certainly is and you know, i'm 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 certainly with you gabriel and you tom he, he doesn't he doesn't get all these uh international honors uh for being an average player. He's been fantastic for us um, when he's about. Uh, but uh, as you say, we, we, we're going to have to look to uh, to spend, spend the money elsewhere, I think. And uh, I think we might have to start um, uh, coming to terms with the fact that he is going to be leaving.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it looks like we are, again, this is all rumours, but it looks like we are um, sort of looking to spend the money um, elsewhere. We had a tweet um, from Lloyd Rimmer, Um uh, at Bath Rugby Plug, which said, Rugby Pass says, Christian Judge coming to Bath. True. Um, you know, as I say, we can't confirm if any of these rumours are true. Um, I've heard as well that Christian Judge, um, who's who's at Saracens at the moment, um, as well as Will Stewart um, at Tighthead, who's at Wasps, um, are both coming to uh, to the rec next season. Obviously, a number of our Tightheads, um, including Max Laheef, are out of contract. So, it'll be interesting to see um, if that materialises. And, you know, now we are into, into the January period. Um, obviously, players are now allowed to talk to clubs, which obviously they weren't doing at all prior to uh, <laughs> January 2019. But um, So hopefully we'll hear a bit more about this um, in, in the next few weeks. Right then, um, moving on. And I believe, uh, Charlie, you've uh, prepared a topical uh, quiz for us, have you?
1: I certainly have. In light of Bath's many many yellow cards and a red card received at the weekend i've uh, decided to uh, to take that as the topic for my quiz so this is this is a quiz based on uh, yellow and red cards uh for bath rugby uh, so i hope you guys uh have, have been have been paying attention to all our ill discipline over the past few seasons uh, and this will go very well for you if you have so then um question number one I believe this was our last red card that Bath Roby received. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but in the fixture against Worcester last year at home, who was the player who was red carded from the field? Oh, yeah. And there's a bonus point available. If you, can, uh, if you can tell me what was significant about that game for this player. Oof. So let's get that okay. written down for both of you boys.
0: Significant.
1: Right, question number two. In the 2013-14 season, when Gloucester hosted Bath at Kingshome, Bath managed to clinch an 18-17 point victory against a Gloucester side that's like the Bath side this, this, uh, this weekend, finished the game with 11 players. How many cards were handed out on that day? Be a bit of a stab in the dark, I imagine. Okay, yep. Go on. Then. And question number three is which three Bath forwards were yellow carded? If you can name as a point for each of those players during
0: that game. Name, during that game, yes. I'll be upping my uh, answer, my response to the second question. Then. <laughs> 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 what was the year? Sorry, was it 13 14? Did you say, uh, yeah,
1: 2013 14? There was, there was, it was a very surprising game in the amount of cards that were dished out but yeah there were three Bath forwards who were yellow carded on that day can you name them right go on question I'm completely guessing. question Excellent. number four who holds the record for the most red cards received at Bath rugby I know I think I know that one ooh good question and it's uh, it's exactly. it's not necessarily someone you may think about. Oh, right, well, I'll be changing that answer mm. as well. <laughs>
0: mm. um, <laughs> uh,
1: if if you if you'd like a clue along those lines, he yeah, received on. one for stamping, and he received another for a high shot, a very high shot. was That res, resulted in a, in a in a mass brawl. Two two red cards. He's just, yeah, so two, uh, two red cards on two separate occasions. So it's not it's not it's not a high number, but. Uh, who was that player? Okay. Right. More recently, who received boss' first yellow card of the season versus Quins this year?
0: Um, how was my memory this bad? Who got one against
2: Quinns? Hmm.
1: Okay, you well, are you thinking of that?
2: Like my answer's the same
1: to every question. <laughs> Your answer's <laughs> the same to every question? Well, it's going to be an interesting question. You just, you
0: just, yeah, I was going to give one away then. But
1: And finally, this question couldn't be asked on any other podcast than a Bath Rugby podcast. Who should have been yellow-carded for his hideous high shots on Anthony Watson in the Premiership final of 2015? <laughs> I thought I just had to include that there. I was feeling a bit uh feeling a bit angry about uh, our our loss at the weekend and uh on, John, thought, I who that was. But can you yeah. not can you not, not name I that? Think, I, think I, I think every bath Why fan out one... there should be able to name that. Um so
2: just that number five, the first yellow card of the season I'm struggling with.
1: You think you think have got the rest of them?
2: Definitely don't have the rest yeah. of
1: them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll be impressed if you've if you've got all of these, but um uh, okay. i guess i guess it's uh probably time to uh to yep. are you boys Let's ready you think we can comments. go back to the start okay so question number one who was yellow card who was the last bath yellow uh sorry excuse me who was the last bath red card uh awarded in in the worcester worcester fixture last season at the wreck
2: uh, i believe it was freddie burns and yep,
1: Tom Freddie Burns, Freddie as Burns. As well. yeah, is correct. And why was that game significant for Freddie? Uh, I
2: believe it was his debut.
0: Tom, yeah, you... debut as well. Yeah, it was wow, his uh, home yeah. debut. It was his home was debut, exactly. Yeah. Oh, home debut. Yeah, it was home debut. Do we get the point for that? Oh, yeah, I'll,
1: okay, I'll, 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 I'll let you, I'll let you boys have that one. So two apiece then from the start. Okay, question number two. So. Gloucester versus Bath. How many cards were awarded on that day? You...
0: Well, Tom, well, I've kind of worked it out. Hopefully, logically, you said Gloucester were down to eleven, so that's four. So, and then Bath, you said uh, obviously had three in the forwards. So I've gone for seven. And Gabriel.
2: Yeah, I did the
1: same maths. Well, yeah, I didn't quite think of that. So you boys have you boys caught me out. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah, see, it's seven cards awarded on that. Uh, oh, we're flying here. Yeah? yeah, yeah, you're doing you're doing all right. Yeah, it's so, so, yeah, I've been I've been tricked there. Uh seven cards awarded, two red, five oh, yellows. God. Oh, that's outrageous. Yeah. Um in that case, Tom, do you want to carry on then? Which three bar forwards received yellow cards on that day? Do you wanna give one each and see see how you get on? Yeah, I think looking back on this, I may have been
0: yeah, I. Definitely... Do you remember
1: the fixture? I certainly remember the fixture. It was uh, it was a bit chaotic. There were fights left, right, and centre. Um,
0: so I reckon I've gone. I reckon I may have got this horribly wrong, and I've got my uh, I've, I've gone way too early with the with the with the players. In fact, I definitely have, and this is quite embarrassing. But I've gone. Um, I've got. <laughs> I don't want to. I've got Danny Grucock. Um, uh,
1: Gabriel, have you got Danny Grucock? I do not have Danny Kukul. Uh, Danny Kukul is incorrect, so uh, it is slightly too early there. Uh, Gabriel, have you got something to fire back at us? I had Francois. Yeah, Francois. No, again, incorrect. Sadly, so Tom. Um, I've got Stuart Hooper. Gabriel.
2: I do not.
1: You do not. Uh, yeah, that is also incorrect. <laughs> uh, I should probably start for <laughs> the misery this is going soon. Get Gabriel. Fire us another one last
2: I'll
1: give you my other two. My other two were yeah. uh, Dave Atwood and Paul James. And Tom, I've got uh, Davey Wilson as my third. Davy Wilson's your third. No, Dave Atwood is correct, oh. but uh, Paul James is not. It was Atwood, Garvey, and Ferns Ooh. were the three players he had oh. a card on that day. So Gabriel sneaks ahead into the lead uh, with a with a four points to three. Um, right then, early this season, more recently. Uh, who received Bath's first yellow card of the season? Oh, we
0: got we got the record for red cards as well. First, haven't we? Uh,
1: oh yes, we do. Sorry, thanks for thanks for correcting me. Who holds the record for the most red cards at Bath Rugby? Gabriel, I went for Francois Lowe. and Tom, I went for Chris Cook. Chris Cook, no, neither of those. He's actually, I was very surprised to have read this. It was now ex-Bath man, Bat. Matt Banahan, his, uh, who yeah, has has had a checkered checkered history when looking back on it, so uh, uh, he received a he got red, red carded for a stamp against Northampton, and then uh, his other red card was against uh, Leicester for for a very high shot uh, off a kickoff um, uh, on Anthony Allen. But then Brett Deacon was also red carded uh, for the punch that he made on Matt Banahan. So then, question number five. Again, Gabriel holds a four points to three lead. Uh, who received the first yellow card of the season for Bath against
0: Quinns this year? So I put Samesa Rokadaguni. And Gabriel, who have you got down?
2: I went Zach Mercer.
1: Tom pulls yes. it back to a 4 points Oh, yes it was Smasi Rock and Aguini for repeated infringements around the breakdown. This oh. takes us in to the final question oh, okay. that Tom wasn't sure about and I I am I'd be very disappointed if you don't get this. Who should have received a yellow card for the terrible high shot early on in the Premiership final against Anthony Watson? Uh, in 2015 Tom you'll have to kick us off I've then. tried to
0: put this game uh, out of my memory but I put Owen Farrell and Gabriel you yeah it was Owen
2: Farrell it was, was in fact back. Owen who, Farrell who else, who
0: else though really
1: it was Owen Farrell of course it was who then went on to score a try moments later um, and yeah we, we have to put that game out of our memory it was, it was a tough first half we tried to pull it back but uh, again that sadly remains the high point of Bath's uh, recent <laughs>
0: memory Great, but, no, thanks for that, Charlie. It was really, uh, really good quiz, and uh, end on a draw. If only the game um, on Saturday could have ended on a draw, uh, and, and Duncan not get have pulled kick. that wide. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. So I guess just, just finally, guys, um, looking ahead. Um, so Saturday at the Rec, 3:15 kickoff in the European Champions Cup against London Wasps. Um, obviously, this game, you know, is a dead rubber. Both teams are out of the competition. But I guess, lads, both teams are um trying to play themselves into a bit of form both teams have been trying to build some momentum they're low on confidence um obviously wasps got the win against northampton on sunday at the rico so we'll be trying to trying to build on that how do we uh how do we see this one going lads first of all
1: yeah well, it's going to be interesting as you say tom it's a dead rubber both teams are out the competition uh players may choose to, uh teams may choose to rest their players or as you say try and carry the momentum through uh Wasps are obviously stuck in a bit of a rut in the Premiership, so I think they may try and target uh, these, well, especially this game. Um, it will be tough to see what they do against Leinster the following week, but uh, target this game is 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 an area where they can uh, you know, carry on through into the, the returning Premiership in a few weeks' time. But uh, as Bath, we've we've received a few injuries. I think we might, uh, we, should, we should probably expect to see. A, uh, a slightly weakened side, uh, perhaps a few players will be rested, some of the, the more important players, certainly, uh, and target the Premiership when, when we're back, especially after that uh, that um, you know painful loss that we've just experienced at the weekend.
2: Yeah, I think it's fine, Charlie. Obviously, recording this podcast on a Monday night, it's very difficult to, to provide any sort of predictions um, or sort of uh, an, 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 an analyst. A, an analysis, mate. An <laughs> Yeah, that word, of the game, because uh, we have no idea what the team's going to be. And, and obviously that would be uh, completely, uh, d- that will determine how the game is played and and, and ultimately who comes out on top. Um, I'll just run you through a, a quick team that I, I sort of drafted up uh, that, that I'd imagine um, that we'll pick. And uh, this is the team that I would go with and, and get in touch with us on Twitter uh, with your team, because this week is obviously uh, really interesting. So just really quickly, I'd go Nguera, Walker, Heath, Chartres, Stoog, Bayless, Reed, Mercer, Max Green, Priestland, Clark and Wright in the centres, Atkins, Vuna and Homer in the back three. I think that's sort of a mix of, of players that are, are coming through the academy uh, and players that are, are on the fringes of the, the first team, which are obviously um, uh, looking to, to get into get into the first team like that. I don't know what you guys think of that. Pretty similar team, or, or do you think I'm wrong?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, using some of those boys as coming back from injury as well. Give them a start. Uh, let them see how they go. Uh, as you say, results. Is very inconsequential at the end of the day. So,
0: yeah, I completely agree, lads. And you know, the team you outline there, G, feels like a you know a Bath United side with maybe a couple of of sort of bigger names in there. Sort of you know you mentioned Elliot Stuke. and one thing we've been uh, you know we we've liked seeing is that sort of mix of experience and youth. The likes of Homer and Atkins um, in the back three, and hopefully uh, uh, you know Atkins use these guys use these games as an opportunity to. To, to gain some experience. And I think the same can be said for Wasps. I, I saw on social media earlier that um, Elliot Daly um, is uh, flying off for, for a holiday for, for at least a week. So um, he won't be playing. And I imagine it will be a similar similar situation. So it'll be interesting to see, um, see how we get on, um, I think, against Wasps. And, you know, if we look at the game at the Rico... Um, there were, you know, we we played really well at the Rico. We were dominant up front. Um, we 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 won the battle of the breakdown as well, um, and we started to show a bit more composure. So hopefully we can carry that momentum um, into this game. Um, I don't know if you boys have anything to add on the on the Wasp game. No, not really. There's uh, again, as you say, yeah, think- can't can't really be
1: can't really have too much to say until until the teams are out. And uh, then again, it's 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 not much to be played for.
2: Yeah, I think the only thing is like. Uh, we imagine a, a sort of second team, uh, Bath United team, as you suggested, Tom. And and what would be good to see some of these guys, um, you know, really put in a good performance like they want to and, and drive the competition for places uh, in the first team, which obviously uh, can only help the, the first team in the Premiership. But apart from that, uh, yeah, just a watching brief, I think.
0: Yeah, so completely agree. So, um Guys, as as we always do, I mean, we have no idea what the teams are going to be and uh, etc. But we tend to give a prediction, and we tend to be uh, wildly wrong. Um, anyway, I think I had Bath by twenty-one last week. So uh, uh, <laughs> how how wrong how wrong can we be? But should we uh, make a stab in a darker uh, prediction and, and, and get in touch with us uh, if you agree or if we think we're you know we're miles out when the two te- when the teams do come out on you know uh, what on Friday. you know
1: what um. I shall predict a draw. I'm going to predict it. I'm going to predict a draw. Uh, I, I, I've nothing, nothing to go on really. I shall predict the draw. Bath. Uh, I, I was tempted to go for for a bath loss, but if we're at home. Let's be positive. A draw.
2: That, that is funny so, enough. That is so strange. I was, exa- I was going to say this is going to be a draw. We've had so many this season. and This is going to be another one. So, uh, completely agree with you, Charlie.
0: I'll make it a full house. I'll go draw. So we're all uh, <laughs> three draws. We're <laughs> all, we're all firmly uh, positioned on the fence uh, for a change. Great. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's it, lads. Unless uh, anyone else has got, um, got anything to add. But I um, think that's great. Yeah, I guess just, you know, mention episode 19 now and uh, just want to say thank you very much for, you know, to all our listeners, um, you know, for all your support, all your questions and comments um, and all your feedback. Uh, We really do appreciate it. It's the reason we do the podcast. Um, We are by the fans for the fans. And uh, please carry on getting in touch with us. We're at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter and we're bathrugbyplug at gmail.com on email. Keep getting in touch with us. Keep spreading the word. um, Keep supporting the blue, black and white. You know, it is an emotional rollercoaster. There are ups and downs, but, um, you know, these downs make the ups uh, all the better. So, uh, if you can, get down to the rec to support um, some some youngsters, hopefully, on Saturday. Um, and uh, the following week, uh, just, just to mention, the Bath Rugby Plug will be touring um, in Toulouse. We will be supporting the boys... Um, in France so uh, let us know um, if any of our listeners are as well and it'd be great to, to meet up for a pint at the uh, Stade Ernest Wallon um, in Toulouse beautiful pronunciation um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> French is not my strong point so you'll probably uh, you'll probably hear me before you see me um, but yeah um, get in touch with us uh, keep the support going and uh, yeah um, thanks so much for thanks so much for listening cheers, cheers. guys cheers Dom. cheers